Well, hello there. It is good to see you again, and welcome back to Advance Your Wealth with Homer Smith. I'm your host and moderator, Ryan Ruff. It's great to be back with you here on the show. And as always, I've got my right-hand man in Mr. Homer Smith, private wealth advisor, joining me, and we're going to be tackling another wealth management-related topic. That's what we do here on the show. And in today's topic, we have a real you know, keen focus that we're looking into with you know, and for business owners, particularly. So to frame today's conversation up, if you are a business owner, do you have key person insurance or maybe a buy sell agreement in place? Well, if so, when was the last time you updated that plan? Or, you know, if your solutions on the other flip side, if maybe let's say they are a few years old, you could be setting yourself up for a financial disaster of sorts. And that's really going to be the basis of today's topic. We're going to be examining really why that is and what entrepreneurs can be doing about it right now to take those preemptive measures and put themselves in a good place. But before we do so, let's get Homer out here. Homer, it's good to see you. How are you doing today? Hey, Ryan, good to see you as well. And you know, this is such an important topic because uh, from what I'm seeing out there is you know, so many business owners are in the middle of right now, just really looking at their options for their company in the coming few years and trying to figure out what they need to do. And you know, what we're known for really more than anything else is helping successful families and business owners confidently navigate all of life's complex transitions. And those transitions can be anything from, you know, as a business owner, just moving from being the owner operator to just owner and taking a step back from the day-to-day -day operations, or maybe you're at the point of considering that transition where you're going to you know, shift the business to uh, the management team or the next generation, or even consider an outside sale. And you know, these transitions can also be, you know, as a family, how are we going to transition our wealth to the next generation or the causes we care about in a way that's positive and impactful. And, you know, our goal really is to be a leader for our clients you know, through these transitions. So, this topic today of business continuity, as it really weaves through all of those different life transitions. So I'm excited to, to really talk and dive into this one today. Absolutely, Homer. And, and boy, are there just so many variables and challenges that exist in today's landscape for a business owner. I mean, just take a look at the last few years that we've all been, you know, been experiencing just you know, that's a case study and a lesson in and of itself. But today we're focusing really on these two steps, you know, that business owners can be taking to avoid those major financial hardships that can accompany some of those challenges. And that's a type of an insurance policy, as well as a business continuity agreement. Why don't you set the scene for us here today, Homer? These are really important considerations. Uh, you know, unexpected events and developments can oftentimes just really come out of nowhere. And, and really shake the foundations that we stand on. And it, it doesn't take a global health crisis to jeopardize the success of a business. Um, so we really think entrepreneurs need to be including this discussion um, as a part of, you know, with key person insurance, with buy-sell agreements, just really as part of their overall business planning. Um, both of these are really essential uh, to making sure your business is going to be able to survive and thrive, you know, really no matter what might come up within your business. Homer, do you find that these these two areas, that key person insurance or a buy-sell agreement, that are areas that business owners might often ignore sometimes or just don't focus on enough, frankly? Yeah, the reality is, in, in the work that we've done with the business owners that we work with, is most of them have either one or both of these solutions in place. But the problem is when we ask them, you know, when was the last time you took a look at the paperwork and, and pulled it out of the file cabinet and really assessed whether it was meeting your current needs? and the answers, unfortunately, almost all the time are they haven't looked at it in the last few years, or even if they did, um, they don't really even know what it says. They're not really sure what's in the document. So um, that can really spell big trouble because 
you know, outdated or insufficient um, language in these different documents and these different solutions, you know, when things come up um, can really cause a lot of problems if those things really aren't up to date and aren't, aren't really designed uh, effectively for what the business needs. Sure enough. So Homer, let's take a look at the, the real, you know, the good side of these things, the big benefits or the advantages, if you will, what are those advantages of the buy sell agreement or a key person insurance policy? Yeah. I mean, if we start with, with key person life insurance, you know, there's going to be times um, that, you know, due to death, uh, key people in the company are, are lost. And really what key person insurance is all about is providing a benefit back to the company that can insulate the business from that loss where, you know, the revenue that that key employee or the owner might be providing, maybe they're the, the, the key salesperson in the organization, you know, the loss of revenue from them can be offset. And really the money from that life insurance policy can then be used to you know, go out and hire and train the replacement. Um, you know, really, in the the other benefit of life insurance in, in these types of scenarios is that you know, when these events happen, you know, they're sudden, um, unexpected, they're very tragic. You know, at least with life insurance, there's some uh, guarantee that the money is going to be coming back into the business to at least provide some financial security. So, really, the way that this works is if you look at the business, whether it's again the owner or multiple key people within the business the business would go out and, and get a life insurance policy on each of those key individuals at an amount that you determine uh, would be necessary if something were to happen to them to keep the business afloat. And um, that those uh, life insurance policies, the beneficiary of those would be the business. And again, that those funds, should something happen, would then be used to uh, hire and train um, the, the person that they're repla- you know, would need to be replaced and or provide uh, some funding should that person that needed uh, to be replaced that left that unfortunately passed away, you know, if there's a, a financial shortfall in the business because of that. Roger that Homer. And in, in your experiences, Homer, as you've been looking at the way different business owners handle these types of situations, do you find that most business owners are doing well in this area of protection or, or are they setting these things up well, executing upon them? Well, what's, what's your take on this? In one study with a, a group that we work with, AES Nation, that regularly studies business owners, they actually found that 60% of business owners when surveyed said they had some some kind of key person um, insurance in place. Um, you know, my, my concern would be, is it enough? But at least they have some level in place. So in one sense, that's pretty good. But you know, the challenge of that, obviously, is that means 40% don't have a policy like this in place. And here's the kicker. Um, of those that don't have a policy in place, when asked, 70% of them said that if one of their key employees, you know, if something were to happen to them, um, the business would severely suffer and potentially handicap uh, the business overall. So, so I'd argue that you know, really 60% isn't nearly enough um, because of you know, the risk that, that really happens when, when this kind of event occurs. Yikes. I mean, those are some staggering numbers. And so, I mean, if anything, that's a testament to making sure that you do have some of these positions or these solutions rather in place. Homer, I want to take a closer look now at that other one, the buy-sell agreement. What is really the appeal? What's the drawing point here? The appeal for buy-sell agreements, uh, if you think about it, with a private company with multiple partners, you know, two, three partners, you know, if something were to happen to one of the partners, a death, a disability, or even if they just want to retire, um, but really in the event of those death and disability, you, know, you as the current partner aren't usually going to want to be partners with the spouse or, or the kids uh, once that happens. So a buy-sell agreement is really an important tool that uh, p- provides legal framework for how you sever ties in these situations and um, uh, what, how to accomplish 
um, this transition from that uh, partner leaving the business. So it really provides for a number of, of values. One, you know, it ensures when that triggering event occurs, uh, such as again, the death of the owner, that that person's equity, that there's a plan for that purchase. So that uh, their heirs are gonna be receiving the ultimate benefit of that business or of, the, of that equity and that value. And then oftentimes if done well, um, buy-sell agreements are accompanied by a funding mechanism, usually life insurance. So something maybe similar to a key person policy, but specifically uh, for, the, for the purchase of the business so that when that other partner passes away, life insurance benefits come in for the other owner to afford to be able to buy out um, the remaining you know, heirs of that owner um, you know, in, in, a, in, a, in a large lump sum way that's not going to hinder um, the profitability of the business. And for that family uh, that's lost um, their, their husband, that, uh, their, their spouse, their wife, uh, their parents, it provides a mechanism for also for estate planning purposes, a value of the business uh, when it comes to uh, mapping out what happens after that. So, so there's a lot of benefits to, to having this in place and just providing that structure. Uh, too often we find when these events occur, there's just not enough structure, not enough language, and it ends up you know, creating some level of chaos, which isn't good for the business. And it's definitely not good for the family having to navigate through all of this. Yeah, nobody likes chaos in these moments, Homer. With this buy-sell agreement, then when we're, you know, you had mentioned those kind of staggering numbers and the percentages that AES Nation had done in their study uh, surrounding the, you know, key person insurance. Is this another case then where we're seeing a large percentage of business owners not having a buy-sell agreement in place to, to be able to protect themselves and their business? Well, the good news, at least related to buy-sell agreements, is that the value of them is pretty widely recognized. And, and in those same surveys, it was something like 80%. So nearly four out of five business owners had a buy-sell agreement in place. Um, the bad news, though, is that 85% of those business owners with buy-sell agreements in place hadn't reviewed how the mechanism would actually work um, and how it would all come together in, in the last three years. And so even having it in place um, doesn't mean that it's actually going to work according to plan. You know, if you think about the last three years of your life, how much has changed? You know, all of us have been through a lot in the last three years, politically, economically, socially. Um, so oftentimes the, the, the financial fortunes of a lot of these private businesses have changed as well. And that buy-sell agreement may not you know, really be accounting for everything that needs to be accounted for um, with those changes that have occurred. So let's play the game of hypotheticals then, Homer. If if that business has a buy-sell agreement that is in fact out of date, right? It's obsolete given that all these changes, you've, like you mentioned, the last three years, how big of a deal is this? Well, you know, what are we talking about in terms of the ramifications? Yeah, it's potentially a huge deal. And these outdated agreements can cause major problems and, and really oftentimes can lead to lawsuits. So you know, just as an example, uh, something that we have seen in these agreements often is that um, instead of talking about valuation and, and leaving it flexible in terms of how that's going to be um, determined, you, you know, using a, uh, a valuation specialist to do that, you know, oftentimes we actually see specific dollar amounts listed in the buy-sell agreements for the, the amount that a uh, retiring or disabled or, or um, a part of that passed away, what their family would get. Uh, but if that business had grown, if one part of their business had you know, really been successful and now, you know, maybe instead of a $5 million payout, um, their, their share might be worth $20 million. Well, if that family um, kind of sees the way that the, the agreement is written and then understands the real value of the company, you know, that, that's going to be met with a lot of, of trouble. And, and oftentimes, again, a lawsuit um, is going to occur. And so, you know, another issue that we see in these and, and the problem with all these is that oftentimes it, these agreements have too much what we call boilerplate language in them. 
you know, you go to an attorney, they put your operating agreement together, they put, you know, they, they have some buy sale language in the agreement, but it's really not designed for the specifics of that business. It's not, you know, they really don't take into account those specific owners um, uh, business itself, uh, but also, you know, what they want out of the business when this, when, if one of these events were to happen and what the family, what's best for the families. And so, you know, really they're not bespoke enough. They're not specific to that business. Um, so, so, and these are the issues that come out of that, you know, you're going to end up with lawsuits. You're going to get, end up with a lot of frustration and a lot of confusion uh, if there's not really a good amount of time spent, you know, really making sure this part of the agreement is, is done really well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, Homer, as we're kind of bringing our conversation to a head here, uh, you know, we talked about these two big ideals, right? That, that, uh, you know, key person insurance policy. And then of course the buy sell agreement. The nice thing is when you've got, you've got these tools in your toolkit that you can be able to utilize, but the flip side is you got to remain, you know, ensure that they remain up to date and relevant given, you know, the times that your business is experiencing and the changes and ebbs and flows that happen along the way. But Homer, as we kind of bottom line things for our audience here today, do you have any final thoughts, just any advice even for those business owners out there to help them really just make sure they're staying on top of these so that they can leverage really the benefits that come along with these two strategies? Yeah, for buy-sell agreements and things like key person insurance, in general, we recommend that these types of agreements and, and structures be reviewed, you know, at least every year to maybe two years at the most. And especially if any major changes occur in the business, um, either financially, positively or negatively, you know, these types of things need to be reviewed. Um, and really the, they should be reviewed um, as, a, as a group, right? It's not just the business owner taking a quick look at it, but really it should be in conjunction with your, your wealth management and family office team, your CPA and your attorney, making sure that everybody's on the same page and understands everything going on in the business to make sure again, that, that your buy sell agreement, your key person insurance is really designed specifically around the needs of your business. So yeah, that's what really what we'd recommend. And, and, you know, if you have those types of, of great professionals already in place, you know, I would definitely uh, reach out to them and, and suggest that you do a review of your buy sell agreements and key person insurance. And, and if you don't feel like you've got those people in place, you know, we would definitely be happy to, to be that second pair of eyes to, to do a little stress test on what you have in place and just make sure um, that in the event of one of these triggering events, a, a, an unfortunate death, a disability, or strictly just you know, looking to retire and, and, and move out of the business, that your plan um, is designed you know, to really maximize and optimize um, the exit for you and, and your family. And Homer, and speaking of, you know, that second set of eyes, you know, the trusted professionals that people can reach out to, to evaluate the state of their plans and maybe edit them, help upgrade them even, uh, if somebody is in need and, or rather just wants to pick your brain, your team's brain about whether or not they have a plan in place yet, or just want to make sure things are touched up and relevant, what would be the best way they could get in touch with you guys to just open up a dialogue on this? Yeah, so the best way to, to reach out to, to have this kind of second opinion, second pair of eyes is really just to send us an email and uh, we'll have that email uh, on the bottom of the screen here. So those of you watching that want to reach out, uh, would love to hear from you. And, and again, we'd be happy to uh, to be that that um, group that is able to take a second look at this for you and make sure you got everything you need. Fantastic. Well, Homer, look, I really appreciate you carving some time out of your day to jump on, talk to us about these two strategies in the lives of business owners. I know these are conversations that you're having a lot with your clients and a lot with the business owners that you speak with on a regular basis. So appreciate some of your insight today and uh, I will see you on the next one, my friend. All right. Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate it. 
Alrighty, folks. And hey, look, we want to say one final thank you for stopping by and being a part of the episode as well today. If you took anything away from today's discussion, you benefited from it in any way, shape, or form, go ahead and hit that subscribe button then on whichever platform you checked us out on today. That way you never miss out on another great conversation between Homer, myself, or maybe one of our special guests that we have here on the show. You know, at the end of the day, we want to provide value via this show and help, you know, really advance your wealth. It's in the name of the show. Well, look, hey, for Homer, I'm Ryan. We're going to go ahead and say so long then, but we once again appreciate you stopping by and spending some time with us here on Advance Your Wealth with Homer Smith. All opinions expressed by Homer Smith are solely Smith's opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Integrated Wealth Concepts, LLC, Integrated, or its parent company or affiliates and may have been previously disseminated by Smith on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Smith as a specific inducement to make particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his opinion. Smith's opinions are based on information he considers reliable, but neither integrated nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. Smith, integrated, its affiliates and or subsidiaries are not under any obligation to update or correct any information provided. Smith's statements and opinions are subject to change without notice. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Neither Smith nor Integrated guarantees any specific outcome or profit. You should be aware of the real risk of loss in following any strategy or investment discussed by Smith or anyone else. Strategies or investments discussed may fluctuate in price or value. Investors may get back less than invested. Investments or strategies mentioned on this website or in the show may not be suitable for you. This material does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. You must make an independent decision regarding investments or strategies mentioned by Smith. Before acting on information you hear, you should consider whether it is suitable for your particular circumstances and strongly consider seeking advice from your own financial or investment advisor. Investment advice offered through Integrated Financial Partners, a registered investment advisor. Integrated Financial Partners provides investment advisory services through several doing business as names. The information in this material is for general information only and is not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Integrated Financial Partners does not provide legal, tax, mortgage advice, or services. 